Welcome to the Lakeside Baptist Church Podcast. We pray you are blessed as you hear the Word of God today. For more information regarding Lakeside Baptist Church, please visit lakeside.asn.au. Uh, so on Saturday, we were doing the prayer walk and we were, we were walking around and praying in different areas of the building and we got to the gym uh, and the radio is going in the gym uh, and Bon Jovi comes on the radio. <laughs> And so we're, we're sitting there praying for the gym and in the backgrounds, whoa, we're living on a prayer. So we're, when you pray, coincidences happen. Uh, but anyways, uh, special welcome to all of you. My name's Braden. I'm one of the pastors here. And we're going to be continuing our series on the Lord's Prayer. And so each week as we've been doing this, we've started by saying and praying the Lord's Prayer together. So I'm just going to ask uh, if all of you uh, can, can say this with me. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Amen. Awesome. So we're going to be finishing off our series today and we're going to be looking at the topic of forgiveness. And one of the cool things about forgiveness and one of the things that I think makes it really important is that the one thing that Jesus makes mention on after the Lord's Prayer uh, is the topic of forgiveness. And and the other thing is that forgiveness is actually a really hard thing to define. Uh, So a few, and and, and to understand how we do it. So a few few months ago, I was down in Albany visiting uh, my parents and there was the Verge Side Collection. And as we were driving around, um, I was just around the corner from home. I had parents in the back seat uh, watching my driving, making sure I'm still uh, responsible. Uh, and, and there was this car in front who was kind of driving around trying to pick off from the Verge collection. And they were driving quite slowly and they stopped for one pile. And so I was like, oh, I'll just go around them because they were kind of doing about 10 k's an hour. Um, but then they kept going because they didn't see me. So I was like, all right, it might just be safe to kind of hang around, uh, stay behind this person so I don't cause an accident. Uh, and, and as they were probably about 100 metres from home, they drove past another pile on the verge, uh, and then they realised that there might be something in that pile that they want. So I see the reverse lights come on, and I'm sitting there waiting, I was like, you haven't got much room to go, mate. And, and so he starts reversing in, I'm on the horn, and then he reverses into my car. Uh, he had no idea that I was following behind him, he hadn't checked his mirrors, uh, and I was thinking to myself, alright, so parents in the back, I'm going to make sure that I don't lose it, uh, otherwise they'll think I'm still just a two-year-old. Uh, but also, I was thinking to myself, what, what does forgiveness actually look like in this situation? So, uh, so one, so am I allowed to go off at this guy? Um, do, I, do I bring down the wrath of God with my special pastor communication skills? Uh, <laughs> Am I, am I allowed to say any swear words uh, or, or, you know, do, do I have to let him off? Do I, no worries about the damaged man, off you go, be forgiven. Uh, what, like, what does forgiveness actually look like? Where do we draw the line? What are we supposed to do? What aren't we supposed to do? Uh, and and what, how do we do forgiveness properly? Because as Christians, we, we claim that we have forgiveness, right? Forgiveness is this special thing that we have. But the other thing that makes it even trickier is that most other religions and even people that don't believe in God would say that forgiveness to some extent is a good thing. And, and so we have to ask the question, like, are, is our forgiveness any different? Do, what do we do? And so uh, before we, so I want to I look at three things today. So first I want to ask, so what is forgiveness? 
But then also we're going to talk about, so what, uh, so what, why do we pray uh, and ask God for forgiveness and why do we pray uh, that we forgive others? And so as we, as we look at forgiveness, the first thing uh, that I think when we look to the Bible and we look to Jesus is that forgiveness is not self-centered. And so quite often, uh, other religions will, will say something, you know, so forgiveness uh, is something that you can optionally do, and if you do it, you will be rewarded. And so forgiveness is something that you do in order to receive something. So your, your merit and the good thing that you do will be rewarded. The, the other um, thing that quite often people will say, and as we look um, even to an extent um, in the secular world, is, is that forgiveness is something that you do so that you overcome the bad people and the people that you hurt you. So, so, so you overcome uh, the person that, that has caused damage to you and you get past the bitterness, you get past the sadness, you get, get past those feelings that, that kind of pull you down and so you forgive them so you can release that. But when we look to Jesus and when we look to the cross, that's not what forgiveness is. See, when Jesus was on the cross, he wasn't overcoming the bad vibes in his life. When Jesus was on the cross, he wasn't doing it because he was going to get some sort of reward. He was doing it completely for the benefit of us. The reason God forgave us was not for himself, not so that he received any benefits, not so that he could overcome the bad people in his life, but so that he could bring us the benefit and the reward. And so forgiveness was, was our reward at his expense. It was Jesus' death and our reward, Jesus' suffering and our reward. The other thing that we see when we look to Jesus is that as, as he's dying on the cross, he absorbs the blow that we deserved. And so if we understand what, what happens, so Jesus died on the cross for our sins, and so he, he absorbs the blow for our sins. So as he forgives us, he, he was forgiving and absorbing the blow that we deserve. And so as we look to what forgiveness is, it's actually us absorbing the blow that someone else might deserve. So, so as someone wrongs us, we, we kind of have a little thing inside of us that says, I can hurt them back. I can do something back. We, we see it as kids. So as, as you see uh, your, your kids or, or you see any kind of kids bickering and, and you ask them, why, why did you hit little Johnny? It's because they started it. I, I'm completely justified to throttle uh, little Tommy because he started it. He called me a name and so the only thing that can really fix the problem is if I give him a big left-right good night. <laughs> and, and so we say, all right, Johnny, you can't actually, you can't knock out little Tommy, but what happens is we find other ways to actually, uh, to kind of get vengeance. So, and, and it's very therapeutic. Like we feel good when we fight back or we feel good when someone hurts us to go and talk behind their back and, and kind of, you know, process or ask for prayer points or, or have this kind of bitterness. It feels, it feels really good to get back at the people that hurt us. But forgiveness is absorbing the blow. Forgiveness is even though we have the opportunity to fight back, even though we have the opportunity to, to go and, and, and blog or vlog or any kind of og about it, it's you absorbing the blow and, and actually saying, you know what, you hurt me, but I'm not going to fight back. I'm not going to get revenge. And that's what Jesus did. He, there's a lot of things Jesus could have done when we rebel against him. There's a lot of things that we deserve, but instead he stands there on the cross 
Even though they were mocking him, even though they were making fun of him, he's like, yep, like forgive them. They don't know what they're doing, just forgive. I'm not going to fight back. I'm not going to pour down fire and brimstone. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to absorb the blow. I'm going to wear this. I'm going to take this even though they do not deserve it. And that's really hard because we want to fight back, right? Fighting back feels good. Like there's something very therapeutic about it, but, but forgiveness is us absorbing the blow. When we talk about Christian forgiveness, it's us taking it and wearing it and moving on. And the next thing is that forgiveness restores the relationship. And so if we look all the way back to Adam and Eve, so they're in the garden, there's a tree they're not supposed to eat, and what do they do? They eat from the tree. They, they, they sin against God and they break the relationship. And so they're in this garden called Eden, uh, and, but the relationship is broken. So they're sent out of the garden. They're, sent in, you know, they're, they're, they're separated from God and where God dwell, and there's this broken relationship. And the story of the Bible is God continuing to, to mend the relationship. So God was a person who was sinned against, but he chooses to continue to restore the relationship. And that's made final when, when Jesus dies on the cross so that we can have what a relationship with God. Forgiveness is us restoring the relationship. And, and quite often, when people hurt us, the relationship kind of breaks. And so there's people in our lives that have hurt us that we want nothing to do with, and there's people that we've hurt that want nothing to do with us. And, and so sometimes when they hurt us, we'll, we'll kind of just run away and we'll kind of isolate ourselves. We'll kind of try and avoid these people or, or, or they will avoid us because the, we've sinned against them or they sinned against us and the relationship is broken. But forgiveness is us restoring the relationship in the same way that God restores the relationship with us. The, the fourth thing in understanding forgiveness is that it's separate from consequences. And so we have to understand that forgiveness doesn't mean uh, that we, we sweep things under the carpet, and quite often the church has probably done that quite poorly. And so we should actually seek justice. We should, people still owe a debt to, to society and to the government. And so we don't just kind of say, all right, no worries. Um, you know, if a drunk driver comes and writes off your car, he's like, hey man, I'm just going to forgive you. Like, enjoy your license and be free. No, like they, 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 they're, they're a danger to other people. And in doing, and if kind of ignoring that, you know, we put other people in danger. We're not taking care of vulnerable people. We're not, we're, you know, we're allowing them to, to defy the justice system. We're allowing them to do wrong. And so when we talk about forgiveness, there are things that we can do. We don't have to hold bitterness. We don't have to attack them back, but people still owe a debt to society and we still need to protect people that are most vulnerable around us. And so as we think about forgiveness, we need to make sure that we can forgive people, but still, we still need to make sure people are kept safe. We still need to make sure that we look after the people around us. And we still need to make sure that we, we show love and care to the, to the people in our society. Does that make sense? Cool, we understand forgiveness. Cool, all right, so now we're going to look at why do we ask God to forgive? And this is a bit of a tricky one, uh, because when we... When we make a, you know, a commitment to follow God, we're, we're, we're saved. So as, as, as we, as we you know, be like, all right, God, I need a relationship with you. I'm a sinner. We're, we're forgiven. But here, we're asking for 
forgiveness. So if we're already forgiven, we have to ask the question, why? Why do we need to ask for forgiveness if we're already forgiven? And, and sometimes, like I know as a kid, for me, like I, I thought that in order to kind of continue to be forgiven, I had to continue to ask for forgiveness. And I, so I was constantly living in fear that I'd forgotten one of the bad things that I'd done and I wouldn't ask for forgiveness. And then, you know, God would, you know, I'd get to heaven and be like, God, I followed you my whole life. It's like, but when you were three, you didn't, you didn't, forgi- you know, you didn't ask for forgiveness for that, you know, that lolly that you stole. Off you go, mate. Sorry, you weren't good enough. But no, like we're not asking for forgiveness for our salvation. When you make a commitment to follow Jesus, you have a relationship with God, you are saved and you are forgiven. But we continue to ask for forgiveness. And there's two reasons that we can do that. And we can, uh, we can look to a, um, a story and a parable in the Bible that Jesus tells in Luke chapter 18. This is what it says. It says, To some uh, who were confident of their own righteousness and, and looked down to everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and another a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, Lord God, I thank you that I am not like other people. The robbers, the evildoers, the adulterers, and even this tax collector. So these tax collectors, they're like the the speed camera operators of the day. Uh, He says, I fast twice a week and, and I give a tenth of all I get. And then the tax collector, he comes up and prays and he, and he stood at a distance and he would not even look up to heaven, but he beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And Jesus says, I tell you that this man, the tax collector, rather than the other, went home justified before God, for all those who exalt themselves will be humbled and all those who humble themselves will be exalted. And so this isn't about, you know, the, the bad guys winning and the good guys losing. It's not about um, any of that kind of stuff. Uh, but the, the best way that I think we can understand it is through home maintenance. And so some of you uh, at home, you want to fix everything yourself. Not getting a tradie, don't worry about them. They're going to charge you too much money. Uh, and, and other people, you know, you're, you're on the phone with a tradie to change the light bulb. Anthony Palmieri, everyone. And so everyone will have a different attitude to how that works and everyone has a different kind of thing. And for me, I love doing home maintenance. I love giving it a crack. And there's something that's deeply satisfying. So when, when Rach and I, we got COVID married uh, and there was two weeks of leave that we had planned for our honeymoon about a month after our wedding uh, that we couldn't, we were, lo- we were in lockdown, we couldn't go anywhere. And so we decided that we we're going to have a crack at doing some renovations at our house. And so as we were doing this, like we, we finished it and we looked at it like, man, like this is so satisfying. We, we feel like we're in control. And, and it was really cool to look back at all the work that we've done. And so there's a sense of, of control. There's a sense of us feeling satisfied and doing it ourselves. Uh, but the thing is, you know, you might be able to fix your house, but you can't fix your sin. And so the Pharisee, you know, he, he had all the tools and he, you know, he's kind of like almost like he had his own little workshop and he, he was trying to use those tools and that, that experience to fix his own sin. Uh, and then the, the tax collector's there, he doesn't even own a screwdriver and he's like, God, I just need you. But the thing is, no matter how good we are, no matter what we are, we can't fix our own sin. You can fix your own house, you can give it a crack, but you can't fix your own sin. 
And so we ask God for forgiveness so we can continue to be reminded of that. So first, it helps us to relinquish control because it feels better to do the job ourselves. And so as, as we approach uh, forgiveness, and we like being the people that save ourselves. We don't like to be the one that needs forgiveness. We don't like being the one that's like, God, I need you to fix my sin because I cannot do it. In the same way that I hate calling a tradie because I, I, and then I'm like, I can't do it, man. I feel emasculated. I feel like I, you know, I've got, you know, I need to go and buy more tools or something to try and fix this thing. But in reality, I can't do it. And so I need to give up control because I can't fix my own sin. Can't do it. And so I have to give up control. I have to, I have to give it up and, and, and let God do it. And so as we ask for forgiveness, we continue to be reminded, like, I can't, I can't fix this. Ask God, I need your forgiveness. I need it. The, the other thing is that it, when, we, when we ask for forgiveness, and, and as we do that, it actually draws us closer to God. And so if, you, if Anthony is calling the tradie every time he needs a new light bulb, uh, he actually develops a pretty good relationship with the tradie. He knows the tradie well, where I know no one. I'm going to have to look someone up. They're probably going to overcharge me because I don't know who a good tradie is. And, and so the more that we have uh, and the more that we see the tradie, the more that we call the tradie, the more that we come to the tradie and ask for the help, the better the relationship with the tradie is. And that's like our faith. The more we continue to ask forgiveness, the more that we come and ask for help, the better the relationship is. And so the Pharisee thinks that, that God is going to be like, oh, awesome, man, thanks for doing that. Now I don't have to go and send my son to die on the cross. You know, great work. But really, the Pharisee drives a wedge between him and God because he doesn't come to God. He comes to himself. And so as we continue to ask for forgiveness... We continue to come to God. We continue to build our relationship with God. We, we stop, because it's really easy in a Western world to continue to try and live our own life, fix our own problems, uh, and just, you know, work and live a good life. And then, you know, we, we got the ticket right at the beginning, and so we'll come back to Jesus. But really, when we continue to be like, man, I'm a sinner. Man, I need your help, God. We, we spend time with God. We get to know God and we get to know how He works. We get to let Him fix the sin in our life rather than us trying to fix it ourselves and making it worse. The, the other thing that we can, we can draw on that is that, that when we do sin, so we know that, that when we make a commitment to follow God, our, our relationship, when we, when we get to go and be with God, it will be perfect. When we get to go and live with God, we, we look forward to that day when everything will be restored. But we can still hurt our relationship with God. And when we sin here on earth, there's things that we do that do actually kind of drive a wedge between us and God. And so there might be times when you're, you know, you're doing something wrong and you're like, oh man, I better not talk to God right now. He's not happy with me. And as we do this, we're like, oh, like I don't, you know, I'm probably not going to come to church tomorrow because if you, you know, I might actually catch on fire if I walk in the building. But when we come and we ask for forgiveness, it continues to work towards healing the relationship. And, and we, can, we can continue to build our relationship with God here on this earth. We can enjoy a relationship with God now. 
We can continue to enjoy and, and, and build this relationship with God here on earth as well. And so as we continue to ask for forgiveness, we continue to work on repairing and building that relationship with God. So why do we ask or why do we pray that we forgive others? And so it's a weird thing because it's actually something that we do. Uh, but I want to tell you a story and, and Anthony's told, you, told this story quite a few times and I think it's a really good story. And it's about a story of a man who owed a great debt to a king. It's in Matthew 18. And this man, uh, you know, they, the numbers in the Bible um, change depending on, on where, what you find. Uh, but generally it's somewhere in the vicinity of billions of dollars depending on what you read. So this guy owes billions and billions of dollars to a king uh, and on a, you know, a normal wage, if you're, if you're on you know, 40, 50 grand a year, you're not going to be paying that one off. Just a handy tip there. Um, but this man comes before, before the king and he says, have mercy on me, there's no way I can pay this debt. Is there any way that you can forgive me? And the man, you know, the king, he's like, he looks down, he has pity on the man, he says, you know what, I'm going to wipe away your debt. So the man goes off, you know, he gets back to his job as a tradie that no one's hiring him because Braden's doing all his maintenance at home. But he, he, he sees another man that owes him some money, it's a couple hundred bucks, and the man's like, I just need a couple more days, I've got a couple of jobs that I'm working on, I can pay it back, just give me a little bit of time. And the man says, no, I'm going, to get you, I'm going to put you in prison, you know, until you can pay off this debt, which is pretty hard when you're in prison, by the way. Uh, you know, I'm going, to, I'm going to throw you in prison until you can pay back what you owe me. I'm not going to forgive this debt. And so the king finds out about how this, this man had treated one of his fellow servants and, and one of his fellow colleagues and how he had not forgiven him. And he says, if that's the way you're going to treat your brother's then forget about my forgiveness. Go to prison and, 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 and pay back what you owe. And, and it's similar uh, to the end of the Lord's Prayer, because it says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. That's a, a kind of a, a scary one. Uh, but I think there's two, there's two kind of uh, temptations that we avoid when, when we continue to, to forgive the people around us. And as, as we continue to pray to God, to ask for forgiveness and to go and to forgive others, there's two, two things that we avoid. The first one is that quite often uh, when, we, uh, when we live our lives, we like to kind of tell ourselves little lies that kind of make us feel better about ourselves. So in psychology, it's called self-deceptions. And so there's these little things that we kind of tell ourselves, these little lies that kind of make us feel like we're a little bit better than we actually are. Just help us to sleep a little bit better at night. So be like, oh yeah, you know, like have you ever heard someone say, oh yeah, I could have, could have played NBA, just hurt my hamstring and coach didn't like me, and, but I, you know, I would have made it. Or, you know, it's like, oh, like I, you know, would have been the top doctor in the world if it wasn't for... My mum who, you know, lost my homework and my dog who ate it as well. You know, like there's these little lies that we tell ourselves. Uh, you know, the reason, the reason that things are actually like this is really because of this other... But there's the little lies that we kind of live by. These little self-deceptions that we tell ourselves. And one of the lies that we like to tell ourselves is, I didn't actually need forgiveness. 
then I wasn't actually that bad of a sinner. And if you are, you know, it's like, oh, I'm a good person. I'm not that bad. But in reality, like, if we look at the magnitude of what had to happen for us to be forgiven, it's huge. And sometimes we like to lie to ourselves because that's a hard thing to come to terms with. It's a hard thing to say that someone had to die for us. It's a hard thing to, to try and make sense of that. And, and sometimes we try to kind of tell ourselves a little lie that we're actually not that bad. In reality, like if, if we look at what happened, it's, it's not great. And so as we ask for forgiveness, as we continue to ask for forgiveness and, and to continue to, to, to ask to help forgive others, we continue to confront the lie that we, we attempted to tell ourselves. And the, problem, and the problem with living under that lie is that quite often we, we have to try and live up to the lie. So if you, if you just fell short of the NBA because you hurt your hamstring, then you have to be a pretty good basketballer for the rest of your life or you have to start making up a lot of excuses. It, you know, and, or, you know, if you, if you were trying to, you know, say that if it wasn't for my dog eating my homework, uh, I would have become, you know, an amazing doctor... You, you have, to, you have to start covering up some stuff if you weren't good enough. And it's frustrating, it's hard, and, and, but when we come to them, it's like, man, I actually, I actually do fall short. We start having to cover up all the sin in our lives. We actually, yeah, I am a sinner. Here it all is. I need forgiveness. I need help. And, and when we understand that, forgiving others, when we understand our, what we have been forgiven, forgiveness becomes a lot easier. And so we come to terms with the truth. We come to terms with what, who we really are, what we've really received. And, and so I think sometimes for, for that servant who was forgiven that debt, maybe he, maybe he was lying to himself about what he really owed someone. And I think sometimes we do that. So we continue to be like, God, God I need forgiveness and I need to, and, and as a response to that, I need to go out and forgive. The, the other one is, is, is that we forget the, the magnitude of the sin that, of, of the debt that was repaid or, or owed back, and, and so sometimes, sometimes when we, because because people really hurt us, right? Like I, I'm sure every one of you could, could point to a time in their life where you were really hurt, and, and you'd be like, I'm not sure I can forgive that, and, and people will say, you know, this this right here is unforgivable. But sometimes I think that's because we, and I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to play down how hard it is to forgive those things. But sometimes when we spend time away from God and we spend time away from what we've been forgiven, we forget the magnitude of what has been forgiven. When we were little, we used to go surfing and there was these big waves. And because you're only about 10 years old, you know, you've got no sense of fear. And so, you know... These waves are probably trying to kill you, uh, but they're no problem at all. And I didn't, didn't do a bunch of surfing for quite a long time, and I went back out, and I was like, oh, heck, these waves are a lot bigger than I remember. And I'm getting spin around a lot of times, and I forgot the, the feeling of getting tossed around in the waves. I forgot the feeling of looking up and seeing this wave, and you're on your little surfboard being like, oh, boy. Uh, but there, there's this sense of when you spend some time away from something, you forget the magnitude of how great and how dangerous it is. And when we spend time away from our forgiveness, we, we forget the magnitude of what we were forgiven. 
And when we forget that and when we diminish that or we kind of remember it, you know, I remember I was surfing and the wave was about this high. Um, and I was still going really fast, but it wasn't that scary. Like we, we forget what we were actually forgiven and that makes it really hard because then when we see a wave this high, like, man, that's way more than what you deserve. That's way above what I can forgive because my forgiveness is down here because we forget the magnitude. And so as we come to God, and as we ask for forgiveness, we remember the magnitude of what the cost was. We remember the magnitude of what we were forgiven. And, so, and the same way that the servant may have forgotten the magnitude of what he was forgiven, he may have forgotten how much and how off the hook he was as we pray as we remember how much we were forgiven, as we ask for God to help us to, to keep in perspective what we were forgiven, it makes it a little bit easier to forgive those things that really hurt. There's two, two encouragements I want to finish off, two reasons um, that I, I want to really encourage you uh, to think about forgiveness. The, the first one uh, is that, that sometimes our, our brothers and sisters hurt us. And, and, that's how, and, and the reality is, you know, you're still sinners. I'm still a sinner. And, and we still sin against other people. But one day, all of us together, we're going to spend eternity together. We're going to be before God, we're going to worship Him, and it's going to be amazing. And the, 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 uh, the amount of that relationship, the amount of closeness in those relationships as we enjoy eternity together, the amount of, the amount of joy that we will have, the, you know, all the things that happen in those relationships as we spend eternity together are going to be more than we can comprehend of any relationship here on earth. The, the, amount, the, the amount of closeness that you're going to have with all of your brothers and sisters all over the world, all through time, is going to be closer than any relationship that you can comprehend right here on earth. And so I encourage you to hold an eternal perspective of forgiveness. Those people that hurt you are going to be incredibly close to you. You're going to enjoy worshipping God together forever and ever. So forgive your brothers and sisters. Forgive them because they're your brothers and sisters forever. You get to enjoy their presence forever and so restore the relationship now because you get to be with them forever. You're going to enjoy that relationship forever. So start restoring that relationship now. The second thing, right now there's a lot of things that as a church and as Christians that we get dragged a little bit over the the coals for. And there's a lot of reasons that we have to not be particularly forgiving right now. There's a lot of things that, that we, we want to be like little Johnny, give someone the left, right, good night, and sort them out for being mean to us. And whether that be through fighting on social media, whether that be uh, talking about how bad people are behind their backs, whether that be being aggressive to other people around us. Let's be a church that's known, and let's be a community of people that love Jesus that is known for our forgiveness. No matter how hard it is, no matter how, what people say on the news, no matter what people say uh, in our workplaces and what they say about what we believe or what we do, let's be a, let's be a group of people that, 
that represent the forgiveness that we have received. Let's be, let's be it. Because when we, when we forgive in the same way that God forgave us, we actually point people to the forgiveness that we receive. And so sometimes our ability to forgive is the thing that, that gets them to understand that Jesus has also forgiven them. And so your ability to forgive someone, your ability to absorb the blow, your, your ability to, to, to just be like, all right, this isn't about me, this is about you, I just want to love you. Oh, you know, I think what you're doing is wrong and hateful. It's like, no, I just want to love you, man. Like, I, I don't want to. I don't want to fight back. I don't. I, if you want to do, if you want to have this attitude, like that's fine. I, I did the same to Jesus, and He just forgave me. He died for me. And maybe that forgiveness is something that you can use to point someone towards Jesus. And maybe your ability to forgive someone may be something that can point someone to Jesus. And then that person can be someone that you get to be with for all eternity, worshiping God. Because that's what it does. When we forgive, we point people to Jesus. We point people to what we have received. We point people to the the boundless grace that we have received in Jesus. And so I want to challenge you. Let's let's be a church that's known for forgiveness. So if there's people in your life that that you're not particularly forgiven, forgiving of forgive him and it's not an easy process like Jesus wasn't having an easy time on the cross that's hard but work towards forgiveness be work towards being a forgiving community work let's let's work towards being a church that forgives let's let's work towards encouraging our brothers and sisters to forgive because that's what points people to Jesus that's what draws us closer to Jesus as we understand what we really deserve. And so as we pray, pray, Father, f- forgive us our debts. Forgive us the things, that, you know, of, of, forgive us all the bad things that we did so that we can go and forgive the people around us. Let us enjoy our forgiveness so that we can forgive those around us. Let's pray. Father, we, we thank you that you are such a good God. And we thank you for your forgiveness. And Lord, sometimes we're not appreciative of that. And sometimes we, we, we don't understand it. But Lord, we, we ask that you would forgive us and that we can continue to draw close to you. And we need your help to fix our lives. We need your forgiveness. And Lord, please help us to remember that. Please help us to to know that. And as we understand that, Lord, help us to forgive. Help us to let go uh, and, and love the people who hurt us. And help us to point people towards you. Help us to show people who you are. Because you're the only one that can fix anything. So we ask that you would help us. In your name we pray. Amen.